All right, everyone. Hello there, and thank you for joining us here at Lions Guide. And you know, if you're the a user of the internet today, especially social media, you know video is king, man. And uh, I'm excited to have Max Mueller on uh, with me today, who's an entrepreneur, who's really been leading the way in this area. Um, you know, and it says a lot. Like I'm a hard sell, you know. And I found Max, and he was doing his videos, and I was like, I gotta reach out to these guys and this team. And uh, so. That that's always for me, like the tell. If they get me interested, I know they're good at what they're what they're doing. So, uh, uh, those of you, if this is your first time joining us here, I'm Dale Walls. I'm founder of Lions Guide, and Lions Guide here to empower you know business owners, executives, and everyday people like you to be world class leaders. It's your leadership that's going to be at the core of your success, whether it's in your career, your your life, your personal goals, dreams, whatever that may be. No one's going to give it to you. You got to lead your way. So that's what we're here to do. So on these episodes, we set out to explore the stories of our guests and the lessons that they've learned in their own journeys so that you might learn and grow from their stories as well. So, Max, welcome, my friend. I appreciate you coming What's on up, today Dale? and sharing your story. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Thanks for joining. Yeah, my name is Max Mueller, uh, founder and CEO of the Video Editing Experts. We help specifically businesses scale their online presence through epic social media content. And as you mentioned, video is king. Uh, video editing experts, the name of my company, has been around for quite some time. Been a, we've been able to work with some really cool folks. As you know, you're being one of them. Uh, so if you've seen Dale's content starting to ramp up, that's because we started working with him recently. And uh, as well as some really cool other people, like big names that you probably know uh, and follow yourself. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's awesome. It's it, And it's a struggle area, right? Um, that, you know, I know for me, it's such a labyrinth, right? Like, I mean, social media and just being present today and getting your, you know, message out there or getting, you know, because I know there's this world of being an influencer, right? But but there's also the business world, right? And and everyone's yep. just online and social media in various ways. And, you know, and it's all about how do you market and promote there and and it's different it's it's uh is it because there's marketing development yeah it's changing it's, it's just a labyrinth to me right it's just like where do you start what do you do so um my interest in your team was just that like helping my team solve for that like man what the heck should we be doing you know right um and just getting a partner so to speak in that that area to help us kind of perform well in that um but i guess before we jump into like some of the nooks and crannies there because I, I know there's some some tactical value that you could bring to some of our listeners that are kind of struggling in that same area. Tell us a little bit yeah. about, about the background. Like where, where, where'd you come from? Where'd you, where'd you, where were you forged? <laughs> where did I come? Well, I, we will definitely get into tactics on social media and being able to, you know, help your audience leverage social media, especially with the different changes. Cause just a little spoiler alert is while how you deliver things is changing like crazy, what you're delivering is what people value. And that's just down to human psychology and that that hasn't changed much. But again, how you deliver it is something that really needs to take into consideration. But like, we'll get there where how I've even gotten to this point. You know, like I said, I've been able to do this for for we're at six years now uh, running the company, um, been able to work with some really amazing people. But I was not always in this video world. I actually started uh, in finance studied economics in school, went to New York City, worked, basically was, you know, the next Wolf of Wall Street uh, type of, of approach, uh, being in the finance industry. But, um, you know, I, I really need to make a pivot. Um, and I basically went from being in finance um, to going into the creative route, because I was just always that guy running around with uh, a camera, GoPro at the time, then I started to upgrade my cameras, but just videoing me and my friends and ultimately then local businesses. Uh, then I started working with bigger businesses, bigger brands, and then I started flying around all over the U.S. as a freelancer, working with these entrepreneurs who were running these companies, want to create content to bring more awareness to their business, right? As we see people doing today, even like what you and I do right now. Um, and ultimately, I was going from a freelancer to realizing, wait a second, I, I want to help more people. And I know that if I want to help more people, I need to be able to multiply myself, but being in a creative field such as content and, you know, especially video editing, it's so creative. It's very hard to do. Um, and that's why a lot of people don't like video editing because it really demands a lot of creativity. And even if you have the creativity, it demands a lot of time to get done. Um, but I saw that being a, a really big um, opportunity for us to fulfill because video editing was my biggest strength. Uh, not necessarily my biggest interest. It was actually one of my least interested ones uh, of my passion, if you will. But uh, but I saw it being one of my strengths and I saw it being a huge opportunity. And 
you know, a, a team of one being me at the time became two, two became four, four sixteen, And those numbers kept on multiplying and we just broke a hundred, um, team members. So we have 104, uh, at this point and, and we are continuing to grow every single day. Um, and, and it's really just because we care about getting positive words out there. Like Dale, you're doing some really awesome stuff with your content and other people that we work with. Uh, we only, I'll say this, we only work with people who are helping others, uh, people who are positively impacting folks through their business, through their service. We have been approached by other businesses like, you know, like porn companies and X-rated and all these other things. We don't do any of that. Uh, we might have to bleep that out. I don't know if you're, <laughs> what your regulations are. We didn't talk about that, but, um, yeah. you know, we, we just are in the business of helping businesses who are positively impacting people. So that's a, that's a shortcut of him and, and how I got to where I'm today. So, you know, you hit on something I think is important, you know, because before we hopped in here, we were talking about just like the everyday leadership aspect, right? Like you're in a leadership role, but you're an everyday person, right? Like you, you weren't, you know, you know, you're, you're just as normal as the rest of us, but so to speak, and you're kind of building your, I love it. I, business owners, I call it your work of art, man. Like you're, you're crafting, you know, your masterpiece. Like it's a business is a work of art to me. And, you know, so I want to, if you don't mind go back to your transition point, like you were on a path of finance, you know, I guess like, what did you learn? Like, what were you looking for in finance? And then when you got there, what'd you find that made you go like, this isn't me. I need to be over here. Like what, what, what was, tell me, tell me a little bit about that. Cause I think that's important, right? Some people yeah. like start chasing the North star that they find out was not really for him. I know money, you, but a ton of money. And <laughs> honestly, it was just, and I, I feel like, you know, a lot of people might resonate with that. You see, you know, when you're growing up for me, I was, I, I grew up in a place where, man, we had like the most <laughs> funny enough, we had, we had rednecks in our town that were like, you know, out in the sticks, out in the boondocks. And then you had rednecks that were making fun of them. And then we had this, this mix of New Yorkers that would come in. So you would have money that was like local and then you would have this money that would come in from New York. Um, and I remember at the time growing up, I would, I would just, we would be driving past these big houses. Uh, and I would always just ask my parents, well, what do they do? We, how do we get there? And, and my mom ended up, uh, my parents ended up knowing, uh, one of the homeowners, this gigantic mansion, um, and they were, oh, well they're in finance, they do banking, they do investments. Um, and so at, at the time I was like, well, that's what I'm going to do. I own a gigantic house for the bee and, and make a ton of money. And so that, you know, as, as most young guys uh, want is, is they want that money because it's power with the, that money. You can do a lot of things, but you know, as you ask about what transitioned me from finance to, to that more creative uh, career path, I realized that you could make money either way. It's just how you make the money that is the biggest difference. I saw people making a ton of money, working way less hours, doing way more badass things um, than, than going into the finance route where, and, and I still have friends in finance. I still have friends on Wall Street um, working their asses off. Just as, I mean, we're working our asses off too. It's just a different way. I didn't want to be pushing numbers, pushing pens and paper. Um, I, I wanted to be in a creative space. So how you make the money makes all the difference. And that's something that I was, I want to explore. I want to be like, well, you know what? I see what this route looks like, but I haven't given creative one a shot. Let me at least while I'm young, give it, give it a go. Um, and I'm so glad that I did it when, you know, I was, I was young. I was literally like in college trying to figure things out. Do you think, um, was it a fulfillment aspect? Do you feel like the, the push in numbers, was it just not fulfilling to you and you felt like a different calling? The calling was, away from the negative so it wasn't necessarily towards a positive it was away from a negative because sure. i did have some some friends of mine and and even like mentors that i looked up to uh when i was living in new york that um they were just you could see them burning out and you could see them like pushing the brink um and and that's where i was like you know what i like finance i like the numbers i think they're interesting i think you know investing into businesses that are growing um is, is a cool concept but the way that they're going about it I, I got to figure out a different route. And, and it's not like I just immediately pancake flopped into creative. I had no idea what I was doing for about four months of my life because my mm -hmm. whole, you know, from my whole high school career into college, I was finance, finance, finance. And then it was like, well, I'm not, but 
know what so what is it and i literally went four months just having this like <laughs> almost uh well i'm not gonna say depression because i don't take that lightly but i think you know i i looked at i looked at everything and i couldn't figure out what that was until funny enough uh i i was sitting with my roommate at the time and he was like max when was the last time you made one of those cool videos because i was just that guy running around and just i would just make videos for fun with my friends when we do trips and stuff and so that weekend i was going diving with sharks off the coast of florida uh where we live and and he was like do a video of that so i went did a just a fun video of of uh us diving with sharks and the company that brought us out there it's like a shark charter company they bought the video from me for like 500 bucks Mm. And it was just this light bulb moment that went off. And I was like, whoa, wait a second. What if I, what if I take everything that I learned in finance, which is typically being great with numbers, being great with people. If you're, if you're a type of, um, you know, financial advisor, then you need to have your uh, relationships with people on point. But those two things, the numbers and working with people are typically what most creatives suck at most creatives and they really suck at them. So I was like, what if I apply being great at numbers and being great with people into a creative route? Uh, and that's exactly what I did. I went so hard on it and I spent every waking moment um, researching and learning and studying. And uh, and that's what ultimately took off this type of freelance career. Then I actually went back to New York and I worked for a video production company and we got to work with all sorts of cool brands like Walmart and Rolls Royce uh, to name a couple. And, and then after that, I was like, I had a, a, my boss at the time was like, listen, we don't have a job for you right now. Our, our team is set the way it is. Cause I was just an intern, by the way, just working mm -hmm. on trying to get some experience. Yeah. Yeah. And then they were like, but you have what it takes to freelance. You should give it a shot. And so at that time I was like, I don't know what freelancing is, but I'm going to figure it out. And it's, you know, it's basically when you have your own type of business, you're running your own shop. You don't necessarily have a, a company of people together, um, but you're working with multiple clients at one time. And that's, that's what's, transitioned me from finance into freelance and then that next chapter was building the company but that was a whole whole different type of transition yeah and it's awesome I mean, and that's that's the cool part right is just kind of seeing how the pieces come together and and what i love about it is like you just kept like pushing forward like keep finding that next step like and that's why you know here you, we'll, we'll preach a lot about clarity right like you're just keep stepping into and even when you talked about the four months where you were just kind of in that that fog, you know, to me, that screams like you were just in an area of lack of clarity, right? Like you just didn't, right? And that's it. And people fear that. Like I, people fear the unknown. And that's why I preach like clarity is so important, like establishing clarity. And it's not going to just going to happen. You just kind of kind of maybe you're in the fog, maybe you're in the darkness, yep. but keep probing, you know, until you find that that crack, you know, for sure. Like you want, you want to be confident in something because everybody wants to be confident. They want to be confident in what they do, confident in what they decide and confident in their relationships. To get confidence, you got to get clear, right? As you're saying, clarity leads to confidence. But how do you get clear on something? Experience. Yeah. And that's what, like even even uh, my cousin's actually a pretty cool guy. Him and I are super close. He's an Olympian uh, sailor, just was in the Olympics recently. And um, and he was like, he's like, <laughs> I just overheard him talking to someone else. I think it was his younger brother or someone. And he was like, if you don't know what to do, go do something that you absolutely know you don't like to do. And that mm -hmm. whole time, whether it's just washing dishes in the back of a pizza shop, which is something that I've done before, is you, whether you're washing dishes, guess what you're going to be thinking about that whole time? You're scrubbing dirty plates. You're going to be thinking about what you want to be doing, right? Yeah. That you should be doing. And that's that's a good way to approach it. Gets that experience, yeah. leads to clarity, leads to confidence. Absolutely. And, and confidence leads to courageous action, right? Because that lack of clarity, like you say, gives you that confidence. And then once you have that constant confidence, you'll start you'll start moving, you know, and I, you, you talked about like earlier, um, just know what you don't want. And I think that's, that's, that's some good bookends to like moving down our path, so to speak. Like sometimes, you know, you obviously like when you're going to achieve whatever success looks like for you, like sometimes we have that vision, right? Like, Hey, I'm going towards this. And, and like we mentioned earlier, like your finance track, like you had a destination in mind, um, but equally important, you got to know what you don't want, right? Like you got to be running towards something and running away from something at yeah. the same time. And it's funny to hear your story where the pivot turned, where it's like your North Star turned into like the what you want to run away from. Like, I don't sure. want this, you know, and, yep. and, and when you don't have 
and, and you're saying this again with the part about washing dishes or whatever you don't like right. is if you don't know where you're going, at least start figuring out what you don't want, you know, and start going in the opposite direction. Like, you know, yeah, you got to keep your feet moving. Right. Cause like, you know, it was at that time in those four months where at first I, I just kind of stopped and I was like, all right, now where do I go? But what I realized was when I stopped, it was just so hard to get going again. So don't stop. If anything, keep your feet moving into something, even if you don't like doing it, uh, because it's going to, you know, a body in motion stays, stays in motion. Uh, body at rest stays at rest. And so if you're in motion, you're going to be actively seeking things out. Uh, and it's going to be, it's going to come that much more easily. But, you know, obviously if you're just hanging on the couch, it's going to be harder. It's going to be way harder. Well, because the clock's always ticking, right? And, and with every minute, every day, you're just getting a, like you said, the momentum is, it's like when you fall off track, like going to the gym, right? Like that's an easy one. Like when, when you fall off track, like it's hard to get back on, you know, and, and when you succumb to that difficulty and now you find yourself in day two, it's even harder to get back on track with those good habits. So it's, it's, for sure. it, it's vitally important. And, you know, I've been on a lot of your community calls, like consistency, right? Like you talk in your just business side, the importance of consistency, but that's everywhere, gotcha. right? Like not just in marketing and video and all that, but like in your strive, you know, like consistency, yep. you know, because the clock's always ticking that, that, that conveyor belt is going whether you're moving or not. So it's either right. sucking you back or you're keeping up and hopefully moving ahead. And that's, that's Dale, you're hitting something so key, which applies directly to content and creating content. Cause you know, even the way we started this podcast was that content can be daunting. Like it, you don't know where to start. You don't know how to start, but the one thing that you can absolutely do is take one step forward every day, even if it's just 10 minutes of your day, because I know a lot of people listening to this are probably busy folks and they probably have a lot of things going on, but they know content's important hear it all the time. But how do you tackle that busyness? increments, incremental steps forward. Maybe the first 10 minutes on day one is just you getting your space clean, right? Like don't have a crazy messy background. Like I like how simple your background is it, it right there on brand for you. It's not distracting. A lot of people have distracting backgrounds. Maybe your first 10 minutes, your first day, get clean. What do you do your second day? Well, maybe I'll set up my iPhone and see which, which area in my room I can work with, right? Done. And then that third day, and then all of a sudden a week goes by, you just, you have a full space ready to go. Maybe you start to look into some options on how to create content, what to get started with, which we can explore if we want to. But that type of incremental step forward allows for the progress to happen and allows for you to feel like you're actually moving forward because you are. Uh, and that's that's really how you get into something, whether it's content or changing your whole business career like I was doing. That's, you know, that's how we that's how we progress. That's how we actually make, you know, make and change our lives. Why do you think, you know, so the business owners out there today why would they do this? I mean, why should they be doing video, so to speak? You know, you'll hear Gary Vee say, attention is everything, right? And attention, people's attention is going somewhere. Why not you? You know that you have a business that's helping people. Why is why are you not spending the time to gain that attention that you know they're either going to give to you or to a cat video or a dancing video or a random inspirational video online? What if they watch your content? Because you know that you want to help them, right? And that's that's really why we're in the business to do what we do. We know that there's a lot of businesses out there that want to help people. We're like, listen, let's get you to as many people as we possibly can because they're going to be scrolling online. They're going to be scrolling on social media, whatever their platform is, right? Depending on who your customer and your avatar is, they're going to be put, paying their attention somewhere. Why not pay that attention to you and your business? Uh, other And here's the kicker. There's competition. It's it, we're not in the day of, you know, five, 10 years ago where every single industry was just a, a blank canvas, every single industry. And I'd love to, <laughs> to, uh, to argue with someone if they feel like they're in an industry without competition, there is absolutely people in your space that are grabbing the attention of your clients and of your customers. Um, and, and there's going to be that type of rush to get the bigger audience. Who's going to get it first. Who's going to get yeah. it better. And, and, let me say this, even if you're looking at other competitors in the space, you know, even whether it's Tony Robbins, who has this massive following, right? You're like, shit, is it really worth getting started now? 110% because there is a, a massive arbitrage happening on social media right now where these younger influencers across Instagram, uh, YouTube, especially those two platforms, not to mention TikTok, which has had its ups and downs. 
um, LinkedIn, even Twitter right now, which is, <laughs> is kind of blowing my mind, but it's true. There are so many uh, younger creators. When I say young, I'm not talking about age. I'm talking about uh, you know what level they're at. Maybe they have 10 followers. The amount of growth that they are having right now is extremely impressive. Uh, and we're not just talking about views and followers. We're talking about business conversions, which is a, a really important aspect. And Dale, you know this. That's what we prioritize first. We want to impact lives, not just entertain on social media videos. We want people to click through, inquire about our business because we know that we can serve them. Yeah, because, you know, and this is something I learned early on in trying to figure out the social media stuff and kind of working with uh, VAs along the way. You, yep. know, you know, I, I caught myself saying early on, like, look, time out. You know, I don't want to do content for the sake of content. There has to be some sort of strategic intent. It's got to be a part of something right. or else we're just going to be, you know, bobbing around in the ocean, just kind of chasing our own tails. Like, what are we, what are we leading towards? What's the purpose of it or else? It, why? Because the lesson I learned when you're trying to do content that just for the sake of content, you, you start to um, just chase content. But like you said, you really need to be chasing conversions. Like that's what you're in business for. Um, so I guess, what do you think? Um, you know, what is, so to your point about maybe the reluctance of someone getting online and, and doing their videos and promoting either themselves or their brand or whatever. And there's, there's a leadership aspect that I want to get into next, but I guess, what do people have wrong in their heads? You know, you mentioned like, Hey, it's too late for me. <laughs> These people all already have big following, but maybe like what else maybe around the fears of doing it or fear of judgment? Like what do, what do people need to know as far as like the reality of, getting on the screen and putting yourself out there. If someone is thinking about doing content, but they are not yet started, and, and it's because they're kind of hesitating, wondering what to do first, do not just get started. You'll hear it all the time by all these marketers. And, and you know, I guess I'm one of those guys, but we all have our different angles. My angle is very different from theirs where they're like, just get started, just hit record, just, just film. Don't do that because your brand is your reputation. And if you just kind of throw something out there and just cross your fingers, hopefully it works. Hopefully they like it. No, you need to. I mean, listen, there's so much information for free online. And that's a little plug for my socials. We get so much free value out there. But yeah, even as you did, Dale, you, you partnered up with us because we know what we're talking about. Whether it's us or someone else, start to understand what exactly will hit. And right when you start to understand what kind of message will can we craft that will actually hit your brand is, and your reputation, which is your brand just going to connect with people so much better. You're going to reach more people. You're going to get higher engagement and you're going to get those conversions on the back end uh, so that you actually profit with this with this new venture because marketing, marketing needs to have an ROI, right? Your marketing is going to lead into sales. Your sales is going to lead into fulfillment ultimately. Um, but if your marketing is leading to sales and, and it's converting, fantastic. If it's not leading to sales, like you said, you're just going to be on this hamster wheel of like, yeah, but I'm creating these dance videos that get tons of views, but in ton of engagement, but no conversions, right? And that that's really not serving people. How you really get someone to, you know, maybe transform their lives with whatever business it is that the listeners have. That's how you really impact these folks is to get them through those doors. So while some of our tactics lean towards getting a ton of reach, most of our tactics lean towards that type of uh, conversion so that we can serve more folks. Um, but yeah, don't just get started get very tactical. And if there's any type of, you know, formula that I would give, I think the very first three videos that you should focus on, I'll, actually, I'll give the first four videos. The first one is an intro video. The next three are your first series. Let's break that down. For your first video, you want to introduce people to your platform, especially if you're just getting started, or if you're doing a type of rebrand, right, kind of like a fresh start, you want to introduce people, why should they follow? Why should they subscribe? Right? Because your next three videos are going to be your first series. Notice how I say that word instead of just saying videos. It's a series of videos that one should lead into the next and then into the next. So if video number two uh, is maybe how to get started in your space, right? Dale, uh, I'll talk about me. Maybe it's how to get started with social media. I've already posted. Um, I've already created the video on, hey, here's who I am. Here's what you can expect on my channel. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the follow button. I'll see you in the next video. Maybe the first one that I do in the series is how to get started, right? Maybe it is how to clean up your space, how to set up your studio, how to shoot with your phone versus a camera. Maybe the next one is how to set up the best audio and then finally the best lighting. What we wanna do in that series is create a type of binge watching experience and then post all four at once. <laughs> this is not just like a create one video, post it, go two weeks. Oh, 
let's do another video. No, you want to batch your content, right? Like load up the gun then fire it out, do a nice intro video, set people up. And then immediately thereafter, same day, create that, that first video of your series that leads into the next and into the next, that's going to increase your watch time and increase the amount of people that are going to come back to your video and continue watching. I mean, that right there is how you get your rocket off the ground when it comes to, uh, when it comes to content. And hopefully that gives you a nice, easy way to, to think about your, um, your content strategy. So you clearly know your first video is your intro video. Then your first series is how do they get started? Start with the starting point. And what are those next three steps that they need to hit? talk about those? Yeah. And it's, it's about value, right? You're, you're, you're scaling your networking in a way, right? You know, a lot of like my origins in business, I learned like our business growth, like pre-internet in a way, I mean, internet was there, but it was not what it is today as far as the social aspect of it and the networking. So you're, you're out at events and you're meeting people and you're making connections and you're, you're proving your value and worth. Right. And you did that in person, you know, in, in, in a lot of ways you networked and, you know, I feel like video is a scalable version of that. It's a little bit one way, but you're, you're, you're giving value to show you're scaling kind of that demonstration of your, your worth, like your, 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 it's social proof, right? That, you know what you're talking about. In fact, not only do you know what you're talking about, but you understand your problems, right? And you're solving it and you're capable of helping solve it. You know, if that makes sense. For sure. And and that's why we always want the leaders of the business to speak in the content. And that's why, you know, even if you look at Mark Zuckerberg, who leads Meta or, you know, what's known as Facebook, uh, Mark Zuckerberg does two big things. And I believe, you know, just as I, you know, I'm constantly learning and I'm, I'm in the weeds of uh, running a business, too, I, I look towards these people as, as uh, you know, bits of inspiration. He's always doing two things. Number one, he's marketing his offer. And number two, he's refining his offer. And that's really the job of the CEO. Anything else should be delegated, right? At, at least over time. Maybe in the beginning, you need to wear multiple hats, but that's your ultimate job as a CEO is to market your offer and refine your offer. Because imagine if Mark Zuckerberg wasn't creating the content and they just had some random influencer or some random person. Now they could do that as a secondary approach, but it's so much more relatable uh, and, and also trustworthy when the leader of the business is speaking about their offer and they're actually the ones implementing it and, and refining it on the back end. So yeah, you definitely want the leader of the business to be speaking uh, because it is going to be this type of networking effect. And 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 to your point there, Dale, instead of just waiting for someone to, you know, be like, oh yeah, come come take a look at Dale here. He's he's got something really interesting. They can share it to every single person that they know if it's a great video by the matter of tapping their thumb down. So super easy and and we live in a pretty powerful uh, time right now for businesses to get their word out there. Yeah. And I think that's, you hit on something that I think is important. Like, you know, Hey, if you're that business owner and even I'll, I'll dive into maybe a little bit of just team leadership for a moment here in the power of video. Um, you know, one of the key aspects of leadership is communication, right? And it's a great vehicle for you to be like, so, so say you're just a corporate leader, right? But you've got a team, like you've got your hundred people, I'm yeah. sure you're using a fair amount of loom or other video type stuff, you know, some sort of streaming, like from a leadership role, you know, this is a vital tool to communicate to your team, right. To set commander's intent to, you know, cast that vision, right. To, to keep everyone engaged, right. To, to be yes. relatable because even as the, the leader of the organization, like we talked about the importance of it, talking to the market, to your prospects, it's yeah. also equally as important to your existing clients, right. And to your team. And it's a really powerful opportunity to kind of leverage these platforms and video to, to be engaging, you know, to get, get the necessary totally. face time with those folks. Yeah, man. Internal and external uses for content. Yeah. I, I, you, you touched it on loom and, and maybe how we communicate. Um, you know, I, I do try to send as many loom videos as I can. Um, the reason being is so that they can understand my, my full tone and my full energy. We, by the way, we've been working since before COVID, uh, completely remote. Um, I actually, I have a couple of people who are hybrid model will, will work in person and, uh, online as you know. Um, but, um, when, when we think about working remotely, you can work just as effectively remotely as in person. I, that's my standpoint on it because I've, I've been able to successfully do it over the past six plus years. Um, and so when we, when we think back on, uh, now don't get me wrong, there are some great advantages to working in person. I know that that's why we have some hybrid. Um, but for the most part, you can work very effectively, if not more effectively on in the long term of things. Um, 
by working well online. And that's when we use Loom for a lot of our videos or for a lot of our uh, correspondence to each other. If anything, I'll also send voice memos. Uh, but one thing that I did get from Alex Ramosi was uh, talking about content. I've watched even some of his content. And Hermosi was talking about how he will send voice memos, but he asked his employees to send him text. Now, for a while, I thought that was, you know, extremely on point. And I and I totally agree with that because it is a bit quicker for you to read through. Um, and I'm even a relatively slow reader. Um, but when, when you look at uh, Slack, for example, now, if you wanted to send a voice memo to one of your teammates or they want to send a voice memo to you, now they give you a transcript so that you can rip through that. And that just allows for the energy to be there um, and you to understand the energy from them, them to clearly understand the energy from you. I mean, we're such visual people. Um, and so, you know, having that type of body language shown and, and emotions understood really allows the team to just work so much more effectively together. Yeah, it was one of the videos I did with your team on the first batch, so to speak, was was just that like and I and 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 I think you're right. Like we can work remotely if we subsidize the lack of presence, right? Like the lack lack of being in person, because when we communicate, you know, it's and I like the way you put it. And I'm probably going to steal that because you nailed it. You summed it up. Right. But it's it's you feel their energy when it's only text, right? You're working remote and you're only sending emails and it's only on instant messaging or whatever. You lose the humanity of that person, the energy, right? Like, because right. we need to understand their tonality. We need to understand their expressions. And I do really love the way we need to understand their energy because when it's just that black and white, you know, words, you don't get that. So there's so much lost in the remaining necessity of effective communication between humans. And I think that's where a lot of people screw up with the, you know, the ability to work remote, you know, from a leadership perspective is because they hide behind the easies, like just send an email, just, just, you know, and that, that, that's yep. where they screw up, right? Because they're not actually engaging the way they need to. You know, going off that deal is it makes me think about just sending someone even a little bit of encouragement, even if you respond to someone saying, Hey, nice job here right? That's a nice, nice little message that someone could see. Oh, Dale said, nice job, right? Or if you send a voice memo, be like, hey, Johnny, just took a look at the video that you just created. Nice job. Really well done, right? Boom, done, sent. Took you two extra seconds to do, but think about the response on his side, that reaction yeah. that he's going to have. Oh, it makes a world of a difference, right? And, and yeah, especially as our world continues to go more and more online, um, you know, that's that's when we want to be leveraging it and not let our uh, collaboration and, and our leadership decrease. We, we want to increase anything. And, and talking about leadership, I feel like a big part of leadership that, uh, you know, I experienced in the beginning was the fact of not doing things like leaving my team members alone. Um, like, you know, and that's one of the main reasons why I really enjoy working mostly remotely is, um, is the fact of way less distractions, um, where you can, instead of, and you've seen me, Dale, we, we'll have Cassidy and, and some of my other employees come in and work in the office with me. But um, but even on those days, I catch myself leaning over to her and be like, hey, can I can I ask you something real quick? I'm totally distracting her, right? Like whatever she's doing, it's stopping. And I might think it's important, but if I just waited 30 more minutes for her to complete her task and then look at it, it could really, uh, it, you talk about efficiency. Uh, leaders have to make their process as efficient as possible for not just themselves, but the whole the whole team rowing the boat. Um, so if you stop one person, if you ask one person to stop rowing, it's going to take away from from the overall momentum moving forward. And you just got to be careful when you do that. But that's why I particularly like online and and still use that type of emotion when you do respond to people online, be it your team and your clients, not to mention. Yeah, it's it's you're talking about just distraction, right? And just our ability to task switch, you know, when you are constantly interrupting your employees and, you know, cause we all have worked with those people, right. Where they'll send an email. And I mean, at, at my company, Corsica, we had a whole like training video on like how to communicate, like how to use the proper means of communication, like when you should use email versus when you should pick up the phone versus when you should use IM. Um, yep. But, you know, we always have those characters that like send you a big long email and then your phone rings as soon as it hits your inbox. Like, hey, did you see my email? Like, but, but like you said, you're you're disrupting your people or you're being distracted, and your ability to task switch 
is really where we lose efficiencies, right? You know, there we've got to stop what we're working on and switch and then switch back. Um, I think Indistractable is a book that really kind of dove into that and the kind of some stats around it. Yep. And maybe one one little nugget for your audience here is uh, you actually got to see a behind the scenes look of, uh, we have a document of expectations for our team. So in all ways, we, we need to have everybody on the same page. So we created a one pager that clearly lists the expectations, talking about how we expect each other to communicate, how we expect each other to show up to meetings, to Slack, to uh, in-person events, how we expect each other to treat our clients, how we expect each other to treat our team members. And we frame each sentence in that way. So it's very, very clear. And we do have a negative drop-off on the end. Like if, if we can't hit these things, we will find one that does because Leadership, I don't, I don't know about you, Dale, but I have a more of a sports background just growing up and I continue to love, you know, just being active and sporty. And I, it makes me think about, you know, team, team sports where you could look at your business like a type of soccer team or football team. And there are people waiting on the bench to get onto the field. And so if one of your team members is not hitting the expectations of their role or their position on the field, you got to sub them out. And the, only, the best way to do that is to set the right expectations right from the get-go. So we have a clear document listing off all the expectations for our team. And, and I do think one of the main successes for our company growing so fast um, is the fact that we've kept everyone on the same page to understand this is where we're going. This is how we're going to get there um, and how we're going to treat each other along the way, right? Which I'm checking my tone right now. Like it sounds serious. It can also be fun. <laughs> like it can also yeah. be the most fun and the best type of creative environment as well as tactical environment to, to get things done. So you know, it, it's when everybody's, when, when communication is on point, everybody knows how to speak and treat each other, which allows for going back to that rowboat example, allows everybody to row in the same direction in the best way possible without getting burnout or wanting to switch jobs. Yeah. And, and you did share that doc and I, I, I checked that out and I really loved it because you were, again, bringing clarity to your, to your organization. And, and it's a key to uh, success in your space as far as like employee engagement, because they know what a good job looks like, right? Like you're, you're ridding the operation of ambiguity when you're helping your team understand, like, this is what a good team member looks like here, right? I mean, just, I, I think a lot of people listening and probably you as well as myself know, like, being in those environments where you just don't have that clarity, right? You show up and you're kind of like, I don't know what right. I'm supposed to do. And I don't know what they're supposed to do. And am I supposed like, there's all these questions and there's just, again, we fear the unknown and it's not a great place to be. So I really honored like your, I'll say leadership maturity and kind of like going that far and kind of saying, Hey, guy, this is what it means to work here. Like, this is what a good, you know, team member looks like here at V. And I thought it was, it was awesome. It's like, say you're, you're a bit ahead of, ahead of your time. Like even you know, what'd you say? Six years in business. You're really like doing, I mean, you got to, you got a hundred people on your team, but with, um, with the first business or sorry, team. with, with the second business, <laughs> this, this is my That's second ahead. one. The first one didn't, uh, didn't, didn't do nearly as hot as, as this one. Um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you know, at that point, maybe, you know, if, if someone's listening and they're wondering like, what is on that expectation sheet, or you're looking at your own employees or team members and you're like, you know what, how do I keep this top talent on my team? Because I don't want to let them go. And there's nothing worse than, you know, I, well, a few things worse than having one of your favorite team members who, you know, crushes it with their role and then reaching out to you saying, Hey, you know, enjoyed my time here, but it's time for me to go. That is uh, your heart drops. You get a bad taste in your mouth. You, it's hard to sleep, at least for me. Like that's, that's like losing, like losing a family member, but more so like losing a team member where you then go, have to go back into recruitment mode. So instead of just trying to recruit, 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 try to keep more A players on the team. And, and just to, you know, tactically put it, you got to be super clear with your goals. Where are we going? A players want to know exactly where they're going, that you got to be extremely clear. You got to have metrics to understand what it's like to actually be on point to hitting that ultimate goal. And lastly is what we're talking about right now, having those expectations set. Just yeah. what do we expect here? How are we going to treat each other during this trip? Because I could go work for somewhere that's more enjoyable, maybe even pays less, but is more uh, enjoyable, whether it's more fun or more creative or more tactical for some of those uh, left brain, right brain folks, depending on the position. Get super clear. What are your goals? What are your metrics? 
what are the expectations on how we're going to treat each other that i to me that's been the biggest difference of keeping a talent yeah and it it's 100% i mean it's just and, and it's back to expectations like you'll see a lot of leaders fail and be like well johnny's not doing what i want him to do it's like does johnny truly understand what you want him to do you know and i always kind of hit him with like expectations not set can't be met right you know and i saw like one of the few times i kind of like fired back to someone online they they posted about they were doing a job interview and they're like i can't believe this you know interviewee showed up not dressed you know the way i would want them to and i was like well did you put in the posting like hey this is a professional environment and we expect you to show right. up like dressed to, you know to our standard right because again expectations not set can't be met so if you didn't yep. set that expectation you just imagine people to just know you're you're going to let yourself down you let them down you know quite quite frankly yeah. if you got expectations communicate them yep you know dale i I'm, i i like the point a lot about being very clear up front especially you know with the small things because the small things if the small things tick you off with a lot of leaders get ticked off by you know oh the shoe is untied or the bed is untucked right i'm thinking about some of my military friends um Another thing to care is them getting through the door, but when they're in the room, you got to give them enough work, right? Mm -hmm. A players not just like to get into a team uh, and understand all the goals. They, you got to give them work. You got to give them things to do. Otherwise yeah. they get bored, right? And and people like to feel busy, not too busy, right? But there's a balance of, of getting right outside of their comfort zone and then finding this type of just a sense of uncomfort. And I'm not talking about getting overworked or overworked. I'm just talking about like just coming right below that line and having giving them sufficient work because they're going to get distracted. And if you feel like their focus is probably, you know, if we're talking about leadership, it's probably either that lack of goal setting or the lack of amount of work and the lack of maybe trust that you that you have for them to be like, here's our ultimate goal. Go above and beyond. Right? I know that I've set these objectives up for you, but what can what else can you do? What, what other skills do you have or or strengths could we leverage that would help us get there? They will come up with things if they're truly an a player they're going to come up with things that are that you haven't even thought of and that's really the goal is you know and that's where you can you know cassidy and some of our leadership team they they think of things and that's honestly why i hired them is because they they think of the things uh with me explaining them brand new ideas that i haven't even thought of yet and sometimes i need to even hold back on some of their ideas but uh that's really the give them a, a clear goal have the right expectations with enough workflow so that you know, they're working full time with you and they're really grinding for your business to succeed. Yeah, definitely. I mean, those are all awesome keys. I mean, you're talking about like, you know, there's that reluctance of letting go, right? That, you know, you, Hey, I, this is my baby and I, I got to coddle it and you're just here to help me take care of my baby. Right. And, and versus kind of going, you're here because I need your help. Right. Yeah. And that, that includes your intellectual and your own vision in, in as far as contribution to the vision and things like that. What are you seeing? Or right? I only got only got two sets of eyes and I'm looking this way. You know, what are you seeing in your direction or as you're closer to the front line, so to speak, in the work or with the clients? Right. All that stuff's important. You know, it's great, yeah. great leverage. I think yeah, about I think about my you're, own you're drop, drop a big bomb. I say you look look up high and you're gonna bring some. You know, <laughs> no, I just I think about you know I think about the real stories and and you know when I think about working, I look I look back to, and and fortunately my parents got me into working when I was younger. In high school, I had multiple jobs. I was working in a pizzeria for a little while. I was working in a. I was super fortunate to be able to work for a uh, country club. We were like, my dad was friends of a friend of the food beverage manager. Next thing oh, I got a uh, server job for this super high-end country club. One of those places where they, you don't tip, they already have an automatic tip in there for like 25%. Um, and so they expect high level service every time because they get that active is coming in. And here I am with this server position. Most people are getting in with like, you know, dishwashing and stuff like that. I get straight into server position. And it's just a matter of that was a time where the goals were so clear. They were like, we expect excellence because that was what the New Yorkers would come down and they would uh, join this type of country club. We expect world-class excellence, right? Got it. When you come through the door, you're going to be well-dressed. You're going to be well-groomed. You're not going to have any scruff. You're not going to, you know, I don't know if that's necessarily allowed in a lot of places now with all the, yeah. you know, PC things, but, um, but those types of, clear objectives 
uh, with with the goals and the expectations set was something that I just tend to learn at a young age. And I try to find myself those, those learning lessons, those experiences and them today, even as we have older folks, I don't hire high school kids by any means, but the psychology is there. And, and that's something that we all just need to consider, continue to remind ourselves is what's going to push someone, right? Because yeah. we don't, we don't want to be in the spot. We want to grow and we want to be that next level. So having that, uh, having that, that, uh, memory of, of looking back at some of young child memories might be the type of factor to lead the culture of your team. So if you're wondering like, well, how do I treat my people? What were the things that you liked? What were the things you enjoyed that really spoke to you? Make that a part of your culture. Think back on those things. Take that time um, because it's going to be applied and multiplied to all of your teams. You know, especially sometimes I'll get on a meeting deal with some people or not just some people. I'll get on every month. We have an all hands meeting. I look at like nine plus, hundred plus faces on, on a Zoom call. And I'm like, what do I speak about right now? No, like how do I how do I approach this? And we have specific structure a lot of a lot of our meetings, but there's uh there's at least once a month there's always this type of gap where they you open the floor as a leader and you want to talk about something that's meaningful for your company and really get some fired up for that month. Um, and the best the the number one thing that I would just always lean towards is my own experiences. I, I oftentimes think about what what would they want, what would they you know really react to. And I just got to think, and I've had bad experiences where I'm like, I try to put words, you know, try to put some type of random story together that hopefully connects with them. That never hits nearly as well as me speaking my own experience and the true actual, you know, reactions that I've had, man, that's the best way to approach any type of content, uh, team meetings, internal content, external social media content, speak from real experiences. Ain't no AI can make up your, your real life experiences. Uh, they might be able to script some random frameworks for you, but but not necessarily uh, come up with those stories. That is why people are going to really follow you, whether it's your teachers or followers on social media. Yeah, because the people feel the real, so to speak. You know, they 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 feel it. They know what's real, and and it's that relatability, and that's building trust. You know, uh, that that trust factor is growing with with every bit of that. I guess you know one thing for you, you know, being a leader is hard, right? So, what are some things that are keeping you? Like, how are you making all this happen? What's a, what's a day like you look like? What's your habits that, you know, contribute most to your success? I think one of the things that contribute most to my success is, <laughs> well, it's all the failures um, really have led to the success because it was those learning lessons of, of speaking in front of the whole team and trying to kind of fake it till you make it like fake. It. Uh, I'm not saying I, I made up a story, but I tried to embellish on something and I tried to bring up a type of story that I thought they might like instead of something true and genuine to myself. Um, those types of failures, whether they were big uh, or even small, comfortable, they always just give you that progress. And so one thing that I always do is I, I just keep my iPad. I, it used to just keep a journal next to me, but now I've just fallen in love with using an iPad. Um, and I write this down. Like I write down the decisions. Um, I got, I honestly stole that from Ray Dalio, the, uh, um, if you don't know who Ray Dalio is, he has, by the way, insane, valuable content on YouTube, especially millions and millions and millions of views. Um, but he's a, he's an economist. He's a, uh, he owns a hedge fund, um, very successful guy. And he's always says, write down your decisions, whether your decision led to something wrong or your decision led to something right. Entrepreneurs are constantly thinking about what do they need to do next? And they're deciding, but they're not necessarily documenting those decisions write them down. So my iPad is full of just decisions and what those outcomes were of the decisions. I'm starting to like, <laughs> looking back on it, almost have like a book going on of different uh, decisions that we're able to, to look back on and be like, why did we do this? What was the real reason behind this decision? What kind of outcome did it get? If we were to do this all over again, maybe that's why we're having the conversation of like, well, if, we're, if we were to look back on the decision, how would we make it better? Right. And it does take time, right? It's so much easier, so much faster to be like, Team, this is what we're doing. This is how we're going to do it. Do we have a clear reason why? Are we almost putting it through a type of like scientific method where it's, well, here's our, here's our hypothesis. Here's how we're going to test this. If we get enough information, this is what the sufficient amount of information is going to look like. And here's the output on the other side. Now, here's the thing. When you're starting off a business, I know that speed is the name of the game, but taking that extra minute, even if it's just five minutes to write down that reason, I wish I did it more in the beginning. But now that I'm doing it more and more, 
I get to clearly understand what those decisions are. And even in the past year alone, it's, it's led to a lot more growth that, uh, that has been exciting to see document the decisions. Yeah. I love that. I, I hadn't heard that before, but man, that's awesome. And because you can, because you've got to, you've got to take those actions and you've got to re reflect on it. Right. And you've got, and that's how you learn, right? You go, Hey, I did, like you said, the scientific method style, right? I think this is going to happen. I'm going to decide to do this, but it's not just that you've got to stop and reflect on how did that go? Right. That's where you're going to get the real value. I mean, that's the whole point, right. right of, of experimenting and being like, say that courageous action, like you, you, you're venturing into the unknown. So you've got to have the courage to like make these decisions, right. Make the call. And, but taking that time. And, and I think it takes a little bit of courage too, to like reflect on the success or failure of it in a way. Right. Cause sometimes we don't want to look, yeah, I don't want to look <laughs> like, yeah. man, that was a disaster. I just don't even want to look at that, but you need to, I mean, I mean, like, you know, but you also kind of really need to dig into it and say, well, where did this go off the tracks? Like it, now that I've been through it, if I were to do this again, what would it look like? That's, that's yep. the lesson, right? That's the win. And it's, I don't know about you, Dale, but in my experience, it's almost always what I don't want. It's almost like the decision is almost always what I don't want to do, but what I need to do. Mm. And that's, that's just a matter of, as you mentioned, courage, that's a matter of you swallowing your pride being like, if I, if I am a true leader here and I want to direct and I want to guide these people, lead them to something greater, I got to get rid of my own desires and do what's better for the greater good, if you will. Yeah. And so that's, that's something just to work on over time, you know, there, and it's not just one decision that's going to make it or break it. You just are every single day. There's many decisions to make. on a daily basis. I could have anywhere from two to 20 different decisions that we're making. Um, and that's the type of thing that you want to document without taking decisiveness into account for your own emotions or your own personal desire. Yeah. You asked about habit, right? Like, and I think that's maybe like a part of the day to day is important to, to hit because sometimes the day to day is what leads entrepreneurs straight to failure. You're working your ass off, but you're not getting enough results on the back end, right? See it all the time with content. You see it all the time with the fulfillment side of things. You're working your tail off to fulfill for your clients or customers, but where are the results? Where's all the money? Where's all the growth? My my day-to-day -day has really changed a lot. Um, <laughs> it's like laughable when I think about the early days of just waking up being like, what am I going to do today? Um, it's so structured with such a nice balance of flexibility that that really allows for the experience to be uh predictable yet fun along the way uh for, for my own position now now notice how i said structured but flexible it used to it, it used to go from being too flexible that was the beginning stage then it went to being very structured be like this is what i do every single day you know to the minute down to the the second even and then I started to add this bit of flexibility in that's really allowed for longevity and I, I got a little bit from simon sinek uh who says if you need some personal time you know whether you're the leader of the company or someone who just got started two weeks ago take time like if you feel the need to go work out in the middle of the day especially being a leader in the company we feel this type of obligation and, and sometimes guilt if we're not working our asses off all the time and don't get me wrong i work a lot um but when you have that, that time to be like, I just, I don't know what the deal is right now. I need to unplug. Who's stopping you from, from going and getting a workout in at two o'clock on a Tuesday, right? Like what's, no, nobody's stopping you. And if that allows you to plug back in with so much more clarity and, and maybe even focus or execution, the team's going to support that, right? And it happens all the time with my team now where I'm like, guys, I'm thinking about taking some time off. And they're like, go do it. Like, please get out of here. Uh, because they know how much I work. Um, but now just on a day-to-day -day basis. So just what I do here, Dale is on a quarterly basis, zoom out. I look at the, the next three months, right? And actually Q2 is about to start here any second as Q2, as we look at the next quarter, um, and we actually have a meeting on this tomorrow, we set the initiative for the quarter. What is the initiative for marketing? What is the initiative for sales? And finally for fulfillment, initiative will typically have to do with what the job and the responsibility of each section of that business is for. And if you're wearing, if you're wearing the hats right now, or it's just you and another person, you still want to take this framework for marketing. It's typically how many people are we reaching and how many people are being called. 
right? For someone who has a phone call funnel, like a sales call funnel. If you have e-com, then it might be how many people are, are putting the uh, product into the cart. For your sales, what is your sales closing rate? That's really the most important thing because your sales is like kind of the, the guy who's bringing into the door from marketing into fulfillment. And then your fulfillment side really should be about, we look at two things. Number one, we look at uh, client success. What is their success rate? And then case studies. It's kind of the front end, like, okay, well, you passed the ball to us sales. Now our main job is to look at our success. How can we increase the amount of success that we have? And that's basically a percentage. I get a hundred clients in or 10 clients in the door. How many of those are going to be successful? What does success look like? Can we be very specific with that? Uh, and then finally, from those success rates, how many are turning into true case studies? And again, whether you have service business like video editing experts or uh, you have a product like Getty Coolers, what type of case studies are you developing? How can you bring someone in to, to get a real uh, story to how they started with us? And Dale, I, you know, I'm looking forward to making you one of our case studies and blowing up your socials. And that's how we approach it. So quarter, we very clear with our marketing, having their sales and then fulfillment, and then we delegate the tasks. So every single day of, of the month, exactly people are doing um, so that we're on our way to ultimately hitting that initiative, including myself. I also add that bit of flexibility. That's the other important. You got to throw in that little asterisk at the end of the sentence to say, if things change, which they will, how are we going to be flexible to, to tackle those changes accordingly? If things happen on a personal note and you need to take a day off, does your whole calendar get pushed back? Or can we delegate, re-delegate, or reassess the situation in a different way? Um, having that bit of flexibility has really allowed for me to have better execution first and foremost, um, but also just better uh, culture amongst the team because your team will feel when you get burnout and that is scary for them. You want to know that you are strong, you're, you're resilient, but also that you're aware of certain situations and you know when to pull back and push forward. Um, so that's something that I've just learned from my own experience take that flexibility, take that little bit of time off if you need. Um, even if it's just a 60 minute workout in the middle of the day, it, it's going to make the most difference for you and those who you lead. I, I think it's key, right? I mean, <laughs> and that, that, that's sage in, you know, the wisdom that you put out there because you, you said something really important there. It's like, and it goes back to one of the key aspects of leadership. It's like, you're always setting the example. They're always looking up to you, right? You're the captain of the ship. And so if you're burnt out, you're stressed out, you know, yeah, it's, it's, I like how you said that, like, it's scary for them, you know, because they're counting on you. So, you know, I think that's, that's excellent advice. So, well, we'll, we'll start bringing this ship home, my friend. What, uh, what are you working on now? And uh, how can uh, people get in contact with you and see what you're all about? We are working on scaling. Um, we, we have have some pretty amazing case studies ourselves. Um, right now, we are looking to scale while balancing the right types of partnerships. So we're very, very particular with who we work with. Um, we have said yes sometimes to too many people in the past, um, but now we're looking to really be with the partners that we make with uh, businesses. And, and the entrepreneurs of those businesses, because really content takes a, a real, it, it's kind of a, 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 the driver in the car that's going to win the, the Daytona 500. Um, you know, you could be in a, you know, I could be in a Ferrari driving Daytona 500 uh, and I probably won't win. I could have the best car, but if I'm not the best driver, then that car is not going to win. And sometimes that happens. We could give someone the best type of editing, let's say, but that's just, post-production what's happening in the speaker's point of view and and there are definitely some things that we we implement to help people speak on camera as you've experienced yourself probably and um and so we do looking for for better drivers to come in and those better drivers are those who are truly committed to their brand first and foremost they know that they're busy but they they know the content will take time it's not like you're going to wake up next week and just immediately have this massive following it takes time it really does. But that's your brand. That's your reputation going from just in-person voice to being known online, which is a very scalable approach. Um, and so they're fully committed to their content, fully committed to their brand for their content um, and, and really open and coachable. I think there's a lot of uh, great people out there who, you know, we look up to the, the Alex Hermoses, the Gary V's, 
uh, Ryan Pineda, uh, Ryan Serhant. There's there's these other types of leaders that are creating content and they're coachable. They're looking at and seeing how can they change their voice? How can they just change the delivery? Because social media is changing. We got to change our delivery while focusing on that that core value that we know our our clientele likes. And with that type of change and that delivery, you're, you're going to find some great success. So we're looking forward to partnering with more folks like that. Um, very easy to find us. Just search for video <laughs> editing experts on, on Google or favorite social media platform, whatever you'd like, uh, and you'll, you'll be able to find us. Yeah, and make sure to search it. And that's how I found you. And, and your content's got a ton of value. So go check it out. And if you want some more tips, just again, on the tactics and philosophies and, and the success in this area about being online, you know, I think your your content brings a lot of value. So I appreciate you. I uh, appreciate, appreciate all you do, you know. man. So, uh, yeah, man, it's been an honor to have you on. And and I've learned a lot from your story, man. It definitely picked up some good tips like this decision drill things. Good, good call. I like that, man. So I appreciate you coming on and sharing your story. Thank you very much. Thanks, Dale. Appreciate it. All right. I'll talk to you soon.